Welcome to RPG Cast for the week of September 10th. It is time for you to get the latest news and interesting facts on RPGs from RPGamer.com. Um, we've got our panel here for our very first episode. We want to thank you all for joining us. Um, this week we've got myself, Chris Privetier. We've got the site president, Michael Tidwell. We've got a head of interaction, Brian Boulette. And we've got a reviewer, Anna Marie Neufeld. And we are here and excited. So everybody say hi. Hello. Hi there. All right. <laughs> so, as you can tell, excitement levels are high for our first episode. So why don't we just jump into it, guys? As we want to thank the listeners for bearing with us during um, what is bound to be a um, growing pain period as we get the hang of this. Um, so let's get into it and start going down our news stories for the week as you can see on the site. Um, first thing we've got is the Inazuma scores new trailer details. So Brian wrote this, so I'm going to let him maybe summarize this for us. I'll let you cover it. <laughs> All right. You've got the story up in front of you, so why don't you... Okay. I'll comment. Okay. So we've got... Uh, brand new soccer themed RPG coming to us from Level 5 which Level 5 is of course a pretty good company who's made many good RPGs and most recently they came out with what was it? I'm drawing a blank Jean d'Arc, Rogue Jean Galaxy yeah. Dragon Quest 8 Yeah, but it's the, worth noting the, this is the first RPG that Level 5 is publishing by themselves Ah, well, that's that's good so what caught me about this is, if you've seen the trailer, and we, we do link to the trailer in the story, um, is just how awesome it looks to have a soccer RPG. <laughs> I really love the little cutscenes they have, kind of where, where you... Not necessarily looks, the battle parts where you're running cool. around, but like after you do whatever it is you do when you're running down with your sprite-type characters, it seems to zoom into this anime-style battle scene, which just really looks fun. <laughs> right. What happens is when you try to steal the ball from someone else, you actually engage a uh, menu-driven battle system similar to any other RPG, and you pull off the crazy over-the-top attacks in it that just look awesome. Yeah. But did you guys get to see it? Um Anna Marie and, and I I've looked at the trailer. Um, I've I've kind of been a, a level five fan. Obviously, I'm I'm really enamored with the two Jack Cloud games that came out a few years back. Um, I'm I'm kind of iffy on on the theme. It looks really cool, and obviously the graphics are beautiful and really well done. Um, I think it's at this point for me, um, it's a little bit too early for me to get really excited. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part I'm kind of the same way. Um the real kicker for me is if we're ever going to see it and if we're not going to see it it's hard to get excited for it. Yeah, that localization step's always a hard one. I hope they'll bring this one out though. It's something I'd love to play. I'd be really that, um, surprised if they didn't bring it over. I think someone's going to. I mean, when Nintendo announced at E3 that they were local and level 5 adventure game Professor Layton I mean, we've gotten all of... That makes it every single game from level 5 we've gotten over in the U.S. Are, and this one looks so cool that I can't imagine someone like Atlas not looking at us and saying, we've got a quality title, you've got to bring this over. 
All right. Moving on, um, we have a very large story about TGS offerings from Square Enix. Um, yeah, just <laughs> quite a bit going to be there. Uh, we've got Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon for the Wii. We've got Dragon Quest IV, Final Fantasy IV, for, both for the DS. We've got Crisis Core for the PSP, Tactics A2 for the DS, Crystal Chronicles Ring of Fates for the DS, Final Fantasy VII for the cell phone, before Crisis, of course. Uh, Dirge of Cerberus Lost Episode for the cell phone, Chocobo de Mobile, which I, I really do like the name of, for the cell phone. Um, I'm going to butcher this. Makai Toshi Saga uh, for the cell phone. Yeah, Dragon Quest Mobile for the cell phone. That was released in the US as uh, Final Fantasy Legend on the Game Boy. Ah. It's yeah, the first probably game in the Saga series. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, just, this is the first game in the Saga series. They're doing a remake of it for cell phone, which pisses me off, frankly, because it looks pretty awesome. I'd love to see it on like the DS or the PSP because I hate mobile phone gaming, but moving on. Well, oh. mobile phone gaming still hasn't... We're still waiting for Before Crisis here, and it seems like we're going to be waiting for forever. Do we know if there are any solid plans to actually get that stuff in U.S. gamer hands? Not some knowledge. Not some rumors, but nothing solid. Yeah. yeah. There they were rumors promising. of Verizon and things, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it didn't fall through. Because they did publish a couple mobile games for Verizon at one point. They weren't anything big, but just like... Final Fantasy uh, One or something? Or Dragon Quest? Oh, like that snowboarding those? game and stuff. Oh, Didn't they do that finally? Snowboard to yeah. DS, yeah. No, 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 for the cell phone. The, yeah, the Final Fantasy VII snowboarding game. Oh, yeah. sorry. They, so they've heard. done a couple, and you think, well, okay, they have this agreement now, maybe they could bring some more over, but... Uh, well, I mean, yeah, nothing's I, I come hate cell phone gaming. Uh, it's the bottom line. <laughs> Even if they bring it over, I don't like cell phone gaming. Uh, cell phones aren't designed for games, for one thing. And I've got three perfectly good handheld gaming port gaming devices in the Game Boy Advance, the PSP, and the DS. And I'd rather see stuff like that on one of those. Well, I, yeah. I agree, but I, I understand why they're doing it since, well, for the Japanese this... market where everybody in there, everybody has a cell phone and they're just trying to find, come up with more stuff to monetize, you know. At this point, I'd just like to see it on the virtual console or something. That would be really good. And honestly, I think they would get a lot more saturation putting it on the virtual console than try to bring it out on a cell phone. Cell phone games have picked up a lot in North America, especially in the U.S. There's a lot of schools that are opening up specific courses for it, but they're all really simple games. Like, even the Doom RPG didn't seem to really hit off with people. I'm wondering if it's just due to our cell phone carrier market. It just seems to be so much harder to standardize anything here. Well, just yeah, agree I mean, on who's going to run what, and then you'll then not, not every carrier has the same phones, and some games only run on certain phone architectures. It's just a Japan mess. is pretty much run by one cell phone company, so they get to dictate what they're going to do. Here, it's Simplified like we have. It's not a matter of the phone technology; it's all the service. Yeah, we I have five uh, different carriers that I can think of. Engage is hoping to kind of be reborn as a distribution platform, right? So maybe that'll help. In some way. Only yeah. if they clean up their reputation. Well, yeah, there is that. Calling out an engage is pretty much dooming it from the start. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> kind of like yeah. calling the Xbox 360 the Xbox 360 in Japan after what the Xbox did. Right. Well, um, as far as these TGS announcements, any surprises in your guys' opinions? Or anything not I don't being think shown really, that you think should be? I don't think they've really announced any of their surprises yet. I think that stuff's going to come at the show itself. Um, look at prior years. 
they one thing I'm surprised. off until uh, a week or two before the show itself, and they start leaking out the games. And we haven't gotten that yet. We've just seen the stuff that they've already revealed, aside from a couple things, uh, the Saga remake. I'm looking forward to seeing what their announcements are. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have some big stuff to unveil. I'm really surprised to see that Labyrinth Forgotten by Time is going to be at TGS. I didn't think we were going to see a playable version yet, and I'm really excited that that's like my top game that I'm interested in seeing from Square Enix at TGS. See, I'm the opposite. I'm surprised that Last Remnant is not playable at TGS. They don't really have much of a console press aside from that one game. Yeah. It that game has always struck me as though they were showing weird. it really far ahead of where, where it should be shown. It well, just always feels still. very not done whenever they show anything from it. My impression was they basically really wanted to capitalize on the popularity of the Xbox 360. You know, PS3 wasn't doing too well. They wanted to say, hey, we've got something coming here. You know, look at what we've got. Mm-hmm. It was always dual platform, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just make sure. built off Unreal Engine 3, so it could be on both. Ah. Fair enough. And, uh, 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 and not, Dragon Quest Nine not playable. Is that a surprise? Sur- no. No, not a surprise. I'm looking at, not at the time frame at all. because they're rebuilding these it, right? games. It's not even a matter that they're rebuilding it necessarily. It's they deleted it into 2008, and Yuji Horii's calling that the year of Dragon Quest in Japan. Ah. Meanwhile, they've got Dragon Quest Four coming out this year, and I think the emphasis needs to be on that. That will be playable to show. They really want to market that. Yeah, 2007. Final Fantasy IV and Dragon Quest IV, 2007. Oh. For Japan. I thought that was one of the reasons for Year of Dragon Quest would be that it would actually come out in the Year of Dragon Quest. No, IV is coming out this year, and then I guess if I ask next year, what we're going to see is um, Dragon Quest IX, obviously, the five and six remakes, uh, probably um, a new version of Dragon Quest Monsters Joker, probably incorporating some of the online features they're adding for North America, and then at least one more game announcement. My guess would be for Wii, but we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. So yeah, the, as far as TGS goes, I think DQ4 is really their top priority in promoting that. Yeah. And the time frame for these, are, DQ9 doesn't fit in the same time frame as the rest of them. Well, it's four, five, and six are are a trilogy of themselves, and then... I'm sorry, I meant of release. Oh. Well, we don't know when it's being released. And I think that's the thing, is the rest of these, we pretty much know they're coming out within, I think the farthest one is seven months. And nine is beyond that time frame, so they're not showing it as a playable... Yeah, probably. What what's up with Decidia? Is that actually going to be at the show or not? That's something I think they're going to surprise with you with. Okay. I'm surprised yeah. that they don't have anything for Crystal Bearers. Yeah. Hmm. That's true. So, yeah. Personally, I I think I'm looking for. I'm more interested in Crystal Bearers than the DS one, but. It's probably not an opinion shared by most, but anyway. We got... I don't know. I'm not really that hyped about either one of them at this point. All right. Uh, Warhammer Online is next. It sounds like 400,000 players are in the beta, which is uh, pretty good. Pretty good size for a beta test. (laughs) For a closed beta, yeah. 
Yeah. That's really high. They invited a lot of people. Except press. I'm wondering if it's it's pretty much open except for, yeah, just a little bit of screening. <laughs> I, I know I signed open. up with my press account and or my press email address and, yeah, didn't see any invite come my way. They probably chuckled. <laughs> They're like, ah, he's funny. <laughs> yeah, they told us at, at PAX that they're not inviting the press yet, and everybody else is under NDA. So 400,000 people under NDA is a pretty interesting prospect. Yeah, see how well that goes. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any leak out, seen anything really leak out so far, though. Yeah. No, and I was actually watching for it. I definitely have my eye on this game. Um, I played Warhammer uh, a ton when I was a teenager. I fell out of it as I got into my 20s. But um, my my big thing right now is they just they're really iffy on what the pricing plan is going to be, and I don't want to fork out a whole lot of money for yet another MMO every month. So it's going to have to be reasonable, or I'm just not going to play it. Well, you could quit something too, right? No, no, that's never an option. Yeah, I know. Or at least suspend it for a while. That's true. Anyway. um, All right, next, Valhalla crawls back into the dungeon. Oh, boy. Valhalla Knights 2. The, I don't, yeah. Not very well received the first one was, was it? What did we review it as? Yeah, checking that right now. Looking like one and a half out of five. Tagline, yeah. the reason Odin is missing an eye. <laughs> Not well <Wow>. liked. <laughs> yeah. Mixed reactions on this one, really. I mean, I, I'm a huge Marvelous Interactive fan. You know, I've played all of the Harvest Moons. And, um, you know, in the middle of doing Rune Factory, which is marvelous right now. And, you know, Valhalla Nights 1 was something I completely skipped, so... You know, try, trying to weigh loyalty with the company versus is this thing going to be just a pile of doo-doo? Well, let's hope for the best. <laughs> we'll get more details soon, I hope. Yeah, Next I mean, is... okay, they announced a sequel. Um, okay, show me something. Show me why I should buy it compared to what I saw. Yep, that's always how it goes. <laughs> so, next is something that I'm definitely excited about because it's coming from the makers of the very, very pretty graphics, VanillaWare, and they are coming up with Oboro Muramasa uh, Yotoden, I think. <laughs> That's close enough. Yes. <laughs> so, looks like hey, an Robert. action... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so we have a action game for the Wii, which made me wonder exactly why we were covering it, but I guess because... Well, it's an Sphere. action RPG. It's not an action game. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the uh, yeah, if you look at the um, advertisements they had in Fami two to announce the game, it has RPG scrolled all over. So that's not really in doubt. All right, excellent. So we've got. And it basically looks like a follow up to Odin Sphere in most respects. Right. Only with feudal Japan sounds not necessarily like Odin Sphere, but uh, I mean, in terms of the game, uh, in terms of the visuals, yeah, it's got the same. Astonishingly gorgeous, bright backgrounds, but it's got more of an Okami art style, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So far, is it looking to be the same, basically the same type of game? Then, 
from what we know so far, it seems kind of like that. I don't, um, you only I have don't two characters, see the I think, Okami instead style. of... Well, okay. and, well... It's just a rough comparison. Yeah. As in that, that kind of that, that setting, maybe. Sort of the aesthetic, that's all. Yeah. Okay, I, I can see it in some of the... There's a a samurai, and I can see where he has an Okami feel, but... Uh, okay. Well, you yeah, can come, we have, we have, we have uh, nine screenshots up, so listeners, you can come onto the site and type in that really long name. Um, maybe just look for Obero, O-B-O-R-O, <laughs> in our little search engine and, and check it out for yourself, see what you think it looks like. Yeah, there's still I an think index. it looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it looks fantastic. I, I, I had some issues with the gameplay in Unsphere, and I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but the visuals the are lag? incredible. No, not entirely. I'm just finding it be a bit repetitive to get through it. That's one of my things with it. Yeah, I feel like but I'm playing the same God, game. It's just so beautiful. But yeah, there's it's no one, so gorgeous. There is no one doing 2D like Vanillaware is right now. And Such I just think fit. they applauded for that. Yeah. I love 2D. I wish it hadn't gone away like it did. I mean, when I look at this, I'm thinking about how awesome certain games on the Saturn were and how basically people decided, uh, you know, what they're doing here sucks. Let's go with 3D. 3D is something that matters. And then Alva comes back with, you know, what the first game was a follow-up to something they did on the Saturn. And they're doing stuff no one else is doing, and it's just blowing me away in terms of the visuals. Yeah. Yes. It is good, though. It means Igarashi isn't the only one giving us good 2D, so... Yeah. Well, compared to what Vanillaware is doing, he's not going to good 2D. Well, <laughs> compared to everything else out there, but right. I wasn't getting much 2D period outside of Castlevania. So, <laughs> true. Maybe they'll maybe they'll team up for some awesomeness. Probably not though. But <laughs> all right. So tr- next we've got more Star Ocean, which which used to be. I can just imagine that this would be a big story back in the day. But I'm not really sure how things have gone since 3 came out. I know that 3 didn't really get me to bite. So I'm wondering if people are cooling on the Star Ocean hype nowadays. What do you think? I never really got into the Star Ocean series. I tried playing the one for the PlayStation, and it was just buggy. Too buggy for me to, to play. And That's I, I did give, <laughs> till the end of time, uh, a good go. I mean, I played it for about 15 hours, but after about 15 hours, I sat down and I said, why am I playing this? I'm not having well, fun and I'm not enjoying either, this. Do you? Hmm? you don't like the Tales games either, right? I think it's just no, that kind of but I do like Summon cool. Knight, which is very similar. So, I, I think oh, it's how... Yeah, I think it's how it's presented. Um, I don't know. I realize that some of these games do have very similar battle systems and do have very similar um, kind of outlooks on like the storyline progression and whatnot. But I I don't know. Star Ocean's never been my thing, and so I I think I'm just gonna skip Star Ocean Four totally. I liked Star Ocean Two quite a bit, but I really did not the Ocean Three to end of time. Um, didn't like the gameplay changes and the story was so so bad. I was a big fan of two. Three never really interested me. I think. Oh, I think it's that. It just was seemed like every other action RPG type battle system. 
to me. And, I don't know. There comes a point where you just have to stop sticking your characters on these water on civilized planets when you're supposedly doing a sci-fi RPG. <laughs> and they've got the whole Matrix plot twist that, uh, that was terrible. So just to cover some of the details, looks like um, <laughs> it's going to be released for one platform, but they're not telling us which one. So I, I would imagine that means 360, but I don't know. Unless, I don't know where they can go. Um, we're going to, okay, so you can travel to different worlds yourself, so I guess that's something hopeful that could be, <laughs> be interesting. Um, the story is finished, so I guess that's good to hear. <laughs> um, uh, but it will not be so different that characters from past games will not be able to return. Um, so if you undouble negative that, that means that there's a chance that you could see characters from Star Ocean 3 and 4. Um, so I guess if they're leaking that detail out, it means that you will. Because <laughs> I don't know why else you'd say that. Um got uh, more than just a few planets, so again, hopefully more interesting, more varying environments, and five characters in the party, great. Private actions, yeah, that's kind of a Star Ocean thing, so. Were they in three? The whole uh, private they actions were in thing? three, but to a greatly modified uh, extent. Didn't okay. know as much as two. So obviously those are a gr- really good part of two, so. Oh, it was a great part of the yeah. They implemented it very well. And so, okay, it looks like they're giving us more details after the remakes come out. Which When are the remakes hitting? Hasn't been announced yet, but I imagine we'll get dates at TGS and maybe some more details in Star Ocean 4. Fantastic. All right, which so... I'm really looking forward to. Some more TGS details on Crisis Core, and which I don't know how many, whether can you really call it details, I guess, but when you have things like being saying that the game can be played by gamers of all skill levels, I'm not sure how detailed that's really telling us, but um, so lots of missions. Okay, great. And yeah. That's that's the thing that really caught my eye about the story was um, 300 extra missions geared towards veteran gamers. Um, Crisis Core previously had been a game that I was looking forward to, but it wasn't kind of a top priority. Seeing the amount of um, just sheer content that's going to be in it um, make, makes me you know think that it's going to be more of a game that's worth my money. So I am really looking forward to um, seeing what else comes out at uh, TGS. You know, we're, we're only 10 days away, so. For me, I was just looking forward to a good narrative, so I don't know how these missions are really going to work for me, but if they're... I wouldn't count of... on a good narrative. Oh. But, I mean, I haven't really liked the direction they've been taking the final but... Series, so. All the trailers so far have made it look very story-based, so I guess I'm getting a bad picture of the game. Well, I mean, I didn't like the story for Church of Cerberus, for the direction they took that. I didn't yeah. like Advent Children, so... Oh. Well, see, I, I, you know, I had fun with Advent Children. I thought it was terrible. All right. I don't like that they're in the game. Say that again? 
GACT will actually be in Crisis Core. I don't mm -hmm. like that. I, I'm sorry, I can't keep straight my Final Fantasy VII trivia. Which one's GACT? No, he's not a different Final Fantasy VII. He's oh, a oh, singer that Katsuya Nomura is obsessed with. The guy from the end in of... the game. He's so creepy. He was at the end of... Well, never mind, I shouldn't say that. Um, well, they're, they're retconning him into the overall plot of Seven. It's just... It's a disaster, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh. I, I The story for Seven, to me, was so unintelligible to begin with that I don't know that they can really hurt it by retconning it, but I don't know. <laughs> I had to go to Wikipedia to try and just catch up to figure out what was going on in Dirge of Cerberus, and even then, yeah. I might get some hate mail for that. <laughs> Alright, so we have... We had another story come up about Star Ocean, which I guess uh, kind of repeated some of the details of the first one. So, won't waste your time. <laughs> going on, uh, so... This is the part that now we're now we're through kind of what's new this week. I'd like to know what have you guys been playing this week. So why don't we start I've mostly with... been playing Wild Arms Five. How are you liking that? I think it's good. Um, I'm leaning towards it probably being my favorite in the series. Not a huge fan of the Wild Arms series. I think the first game was a really good game. A lot of cool stuff. But ever since then, it's mostly been a fairly mediocre series, except for Altered, which was just terrible. But I think Five is a, is a pretty good game. Um, I don't like the main character. He's awful and obnoxious. They've got another character in there, Greg, who's very cool. Um, the gameplay's good. They kind of took the system from Four and refined that quite a bit. So if you like the hex system in Four, it's much improved in Five. Um, Dungeon design is pretty good. It doesn't have the highlights of the first game in terms of complexity of the puzzles or how cool they were. And it doesn't have the awesome platforming of four, but still overall pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Um, could be better. It's a good game. doesn't compare to uh, RPG to their Persona 3, which I was playing beforehand. But... Alright. That's what I've been playing, um, Persona 3, and I just can't get enough of that. Um, making high school fun again, as I'm putting it. But... Or for the first time. <laughs> yeah, depending on how your high school went. What have you been playing, Paul's? Or Anne-Marie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I finished off Persona 3 not too long ago. I, uh, I ended up staying up till 7 o'clock in the morning just so that I could finish it and collapse into bed afterwards. I'm in the process of writing the review for it, but um, I've actually been playing uh, Rune Factory, which is uh, a Harvest Moon spinoff for the DS, and uh, I'm actually really, really impressed. Um, I was actually getting kind of bored with the core series. Um, I, I was struggling through Harvest Moon DS. I felt it was sort of the same old, same old that I'd played in seven other games, which obviously I had, and uh, 
I really like this. I feel like my my faith has sort of been restored in the series. You know, I've I played Magical Melody, which was a spin-off. I played Innocent Life, which was also considered a spin-off, and that was for the PSP. And now I'm playing Rune Factory, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, it's a it's kind of a twist on the Harvest Moon game because not only do you obviously have the normal aspects of uh, farming and tending the land and gaining money through that source. Um, you have the social aspects, which, again, carry over from the different games. But there's actually a battle system in it. And um, you actually do gain levels. And you have a swordsmanship that you can level up by using your sword. And uh, I really like it because it's very um, self-pacing. If you want to do a whole bunch of dungeons, you can go ahead and do them. But then your farming or your social life suffers. If you want to focus on your farming, well, then you can't do as much exploration of the caves. And uh, it's really neat because once you've actually gone through the caves, each cave is associated with a different season. So you actually have a permanent location to have your crops, which you had in the previous games as a, as a hothouse. But... You really couldn't access that until the end of the game. So I like the fact that you can branch out significantly earlier in this game. Cool. Looking forward to that. I was actually kind of looking into picking that up. Um, I've never been a fan of the horror series, but I thought, you know, this one has a battle system. I'm a guy. I like killing them. I just want to try. Well, we'll and the thing... Sorry, go ahead. Now I'm done. Okay. The thing that I would actually say is really going to draw um, newcomers um, into the series where they may not have liked it before is everything in the previous games where you, you know, Harvest Moon veterans kind of said, man, I really wish I could see a meter for that. Um, they actually have like physical displays for it now. So, you know, you're not kind of like, okay, how much does this girl like me? Um, how much am I going to get if I plant this? What's, you know, what's my return on? on um, purchase, um, you know, how many more squares do I have to water before my farming skills up? You know, it's all there. It's very visible. It's easily accessed. And I think that sort of information control is going to appeal to a lot of people. Sweet. What have you met up to, Michael? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I guess the most time I spent right now is Blue Dragon. Um, I think I'm about midway through the second disc. Who snakes? Yeah. Good <laughs> Skype a... conversations with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's squish squish. It's not as uh, good as I thought it would be. Of course, I think that my expectations were too high. I was really expecting. What's the general sentiment about that game? Yeah, I was I know expecting. I had pretty expectations for it myself. You expect the next Final Fantasy, you're not really getting it. You're getting a... I mean, there are, there's actually a lot of Sakaguchi in it. You can tell by how uh, you have to find things or the story rolls out or things like that. But for the most part, it's just kind of uh, mainstream, average... I mean, I don't know. I hate to say it, but yeah, it's, it just seems like another game. It's fun, but it's not like it's not going to be game of the year material. I was expecting. Um, what else have I been playing? Um, Soul Nomad still. Uh, 
I have no idea where I am in that game because I've restarted three times now. You, I, I explore the bad endings and then restart because I think that you need it to build up your characters, and I don't know if I'm really supposed to be doing that or not because well, nobody else has played this game, so you can't just go and, hey, what'd you do in this part? No, oh, well, I don't know. This game comes out in a month. So, And then, of course, uh, I just started Disgaea, the Etna branch. And uh, even if you know the original Disgaea story, you have to get this just for... The humor in the, the branches, it's just nuts. It's off the wall. Excellent. So I might end up having to pick that up. <laughs> I, I actually do have one question about it. Um, okay. Is it possible to play it without playing the other games? Um, you mean playing the Edna branch straight up? Yeah. It that's, is in this version. I don't that's know what you're doing, isn't it, Mike? Yes, but I was given something specific to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good question, because I don't know that I want to go through the original story again. It's a lot of leveling. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm learning, and, and now I get to do it twice. Yeah. I'm biting my tongue here since I'm the resident Nipponichi hater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either either get into the mindset where you want to make that character can just do so much damage, or you you really don't. <laughs> I won't refer to it as I will do. I'll just stay quiet. <laughs> All right. I think that's all. Mike, Mike yeah. knows the word I usually use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we won't go into that. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned non-RPGs or not. <laughs> no, don't worry, Brian. I mean... I, I liked La Pucelle mostly because of all of the French characteristics in it, but I, I haven't really gotten deep into any of the other games. Well, the base is shovelware. <laughs> they're, they're shovelware. <laughs> yeah, well... I know I said it wouldn't, but I had to say it. <laughs> um, we like RP Gamer has a strong relationship with NIS, and we look very much forward to continuing that relationship. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry that a good portion of the staff still looks very much forward to the Disgaea and Disgaea PSP and everything else that NIS is going to produce. I'm at the point where I pre-order Adela. Well, they pu- they just published this here, but Adela Iris games, and I haven't even played the second one, and I already pre-ordered and purchased the third one. Um, I don't know what it is, but. Just the setting of the RPGs they choose to publish seems to agree with me. <laughs> I have a Tele Iris them. 2 sitting on my shelf right beside the strategy guide, fully wrapped, haven't touched it. Strategy guide. Ooh. But I will, and I will love it, I'm sure. So They make such pretty looking games for me. Anyway, so we also have, coming out this week is .hack G-U- I always want to just say goo, but I think it actually stands for something, right? Yeah, me. All right. I've yes. been avoiding. Do we know what it is? No. <laughs> you know, I I have all four of of the other dot hack games, and mm-hmm. I got through three of the four. And I mean, I'll be honest. 
I don't have time for another series like that. It's a really great idea. And, you know, the storyline seems to be a lot better paced in this one. But, you know, it boils down to I just don't have the time to commit to it. I have way too many other games to play. And this one isn't really that to be worth that commitment. I mean, it's just, it's kind of like a generic action RPG in terms of the gameplay, so, you know. Well, that's what I was spouting off at PAX, but I was I was getting told off by certain people who were very much looking forward to the game. Um, the band they, going they, by they spent more time with you, Mike, so maybe you can explain the, kind of the differences of the GU series. Oh, yeah. Um, this is one of the problems when you're playing a game, you don't have a notebook attached to your head. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I was actually. It wasn't someone who worked for Namco Bandai. It was just uh, someone who knew the series more than I did, which would be anyone. But he was mentioning that there were certain, uh, the whole way the combo system worked. Uh, the part of it was in GU, but there was a whole another level of it they were adding just for the third uh, game in the series. What's it called? Uh, Redemption. And. Uh, Dead Air is wonderful, but I'm trying to think of what he was saying. He was just showing me all the different moves that you could do that you weren't able to do in the first two games. And I was like, well, if this is a three-game series, why are they changing it so much for the third game? That was pretty much the (laughs) the main thought of uh, what he was showing me. But I played it, and it was actually better than I thought. I, I, uh, I have to admit, I was kind of interested in trying the third one, but and then, of course, you, you have the first two, and I actually think that's a big deterrent for me, because why would I play the third one if I haven't played the first two? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say look forward to our review on that soon, but uh, RP Gamer has the unfortunate luck of always having to deal with certain PR organizations that don't necessarily respond too quickly to our request for review copies, and if you're out there, we really would like a copy of this game. Please send it to us. <laughs> if anyone knows him, give him a poke for us. <laughs> Alright, so we did review recently Heroes of Mana and Blue Dragon. Um, those reviews are up on the site. You can go check them out. Um, Heroes didn't do as well. Blue Dragon didn't do as well as people would hope either. But <laughs> Heroes did better than I thought it would, but after listening to you give yeah. me uh, an overview... It really depends on how you're going to play the game and how you you can sit through it, and I think a lot of your attitude about it. Um, I mean, really, when when you're doing when the system is not in the way, it's fun, and when it is in the way, it's very frustrating. So it's kind of if you can get to the point where you can strategize solutions that aren't going to cause the system's faults to get in your way, then it, it works a lot better. As right. far as the pathfinding and the the artificial intelligence, but that was how I understood it was. It's almost more of a challenge to not like the game beat you than the actual enemies. Yeah, pretty much, because when it comes down to it, the missions are pretty easy. It's mm-hmm. not like you know this isn't Starcraft Brood War or anything. This is just you know, this is kind of a basic RTS, and the the game lets you resource build like crazy because there's a lot of triggered events that don't trigger until you go out and explore the map, so you can mm-hmm. kind of just hole up all your forces. But uh, I see. 
Yeah, and then, then you do send them out in the map, and they go in 45 different directions, and three of them are the way you wanted them to go. But whatever. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's wait. So like, I'm we need to clarify that the people that are coding, or did code uh, Heroes of Mana, are not coding Revenant Wings. I'm pretty sure it's different. Um, so it's Revenant different. Wings works a lot better, but... Here's a man at Brownie Brown who's not really building themselves a very good reputation aside from Mother 3, which is awesome. But they didn't do the design for Mother 3, so. Okay. And that brings us to the end. Uh, this is the part where we kind of get some of your feedback, dear listener. But uh, being the first podcast, it's kind of hard to do that. So. I'd like to put a plea out there. Um, we'll have a board thread up for this podcast. Please post your feelings and feedback, sections you'd like us to add, ideas for the podcast. Um, and we'll set up probably an email address as well at some point um, just to get kind of general feedback and all that. Um, hopefully one day we'll have more interesting things like contests and all that sort of stuff. But uh, that's all to come. I want to thank you guys for sticking with us during our first broadcast or podcast rather <laughs> um, and we will see you next week uh, this is RPG Cast episode 1 signing off